0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: A special edition of Locked On Auburn post-A-Day edition. I'm Zach Blackerby, joined by Daryl Dapper. who joins me after every football and basketball game. And while A-Day is not a game, we're going to treat it as if it's one. Uh, Daryl, happy Easter to you. And um, he, he is risen uh, to Amen. all of the folks uh, watching this morning when this drops on Easter Sunday. But, Daryl, I think my biggest takeaway, wasn't able to watch live, got home and watched it, and Robbie just looked, Robbie Ashford looked significantly better than everybody else on the field.
0: He really did. Um, the RPO system that we talked about last week that we felt like was going to really enhance his tools that he has and his you know incredible tool belt and his skill set, the RPO just really does it. Things look so much smoother. I think the biggest thing I noticed with him is as he learns the mesh point. He looked really comfortable when to hand it off and when to pull. Yep. And I was concerned about that. So when he handed the ball off, Auburn had some big runs. Hunter carried the milk early, but when he pulled it, he went around right end or left end like untouched. It was a great read, and it was a really good uh, you know, I, I think getting comfortable in the offense um he made a good throw a seam throw that a seam route that Hugh Freeze mentioned specifically as well to uh Chick Dawson so I mean he only threw it three times and, and I would have liked to see more from the throwing acumen part of it but from a running standpoint from an RPO that offense looks really really good and designed for him because I can remember a lot of times last year Zach with running Harson's offense or Kiesel's offense or whoever Whatever. A lot was. of times, yeah, whatever that was. Whatever, yeah. whatever a lot of times guys were getting hit in the backfield. You know, the play wasn't developing. I was watching very closely. It there was not a first level of contact until three or four yards downfield. Now people can say, Come on, Daryl, it's it's a day. What what can you draw from that? Well, I remember A-day last year, dudes getting hit in the backfield when mm-hmm. we were trying to hand the ball off. So at least that's progress. I think that RPO with Robbie is a great marriage. It's it really, really fits and he's really learning it. And I think he's doing well. And like I said, mesh point when to keep when, when to hand it off. It looked good. It really did. Yeah. Well, and the offense
1: from an offensive line standpoint, as far as winning the line of scrimmage, they look good regardless. I think of who was at quarterback. Um, it looked the best when Robbie was in, but but he had some good runs. Bad. had some good runs with, with, with TJ and then Heck, our guy Sean Jackson, um, mm. you know, he, he lowered his shoulder and, uh, you know, I, I think he's worth, you know, a look. We'll see what that certainly looks like as far as, you know, maybe a, a goal line type package or something like that next to Holden. We'll certainly see. But yeah, I, I think, you know, I said it all spring and now that I guess the entire Auburn fan base has now been able to see this new version of the offensive line. I said that it passes the eye test and I think what we saw yesterday confirms it. I think they passed the eye test. Because, Daryl, I don't want to be a hypocrite here when I say this, but I firmly believe that the defensive line, Auburn's starting defensive line, I questioned their ability to rush the passer, and I said they would be elite at stopping the run. And Auburn's offensive line yesterday was able to run almost at will against them. And so props to this offensive line.
0: Yeah, I, I noticed that the offensive line was really opening up holes. They were containing and sustaining blocks. To let our backs get around the edge yesterday. I noticed when Gurner or TJ or Robbie dropped back to pass too, Zach. There was time. It blew my mind. It was they could look downfield. And again, it had it not been so wet and sloppy, I think a lot of what Phil Montgomery is going to be able to do with the passing game off of the running game could be special. Well, Uh,
1: Robbie though, still with the passing though. I mean, he's still Like that first read wasn't there and he didn't know what to do and he kind of freaked out. And then like he ended up, I think it would have been a sack, but they let him run. They let him run, kind of exit to his right. And we'll see if that happens like in a game, Daryl. But there's still still a long way to go. I think there's still a long way to go. But of the three quarterbacks, based on what we saw yesterday, it's Robbie, then there's a big gap, and then I think it's TJ, then
0: Holden. And I would expect that. I I think, you know, Robbie was your most experienced. I I, I didn't expect it. Yeah, I did. I I mean, again, it's just a lucky guess. I think that TJ played a lot of minutes last year, or or a lot of uh, football last year. But once Robbie took the job over, he got so many invaluable reps, a lot of reps. And what he's able to do with his legs, to me, is the separator. I I think the arm. I think the arm will come. I think the throw. I I saw dudes open a lot. I mean, Gurner missed a wide open Mardner that he could have walked in across the middle on a drag route. But I saw a lot of guys open. I saw Landon King miss a ball through his, through his hands. And I think you know that was the conditions yesterday, the wet conditions. But I did see guys getting schemed open. Um, and the offensive line, like we talked about, did a good job of allowing guys to run their routes and get them downfield to get open. So a few things. I don't
1: like that we're making excuses for wet conditions. They're going to probably play in the rain at some point this year. They're going to play in unfortunate weather. So I don't love that we're doing that and other outlets are doing that as well. And I'm seeing all that on socials and stuff. Well, it was, it was gross. The weather was gross. Like, yeah, well, sometimes you got to play it. You got to play the game, whatever the weather is. So I don't know if that's an excuse that we should be making, but I get it. And it definitely impacted the play calling, right? Because I, I do wonder if every quarterback would have thrown the ball 10 times would we have felt that Robbie looked better than the other two? Like, and, and there's no way to know, right? There's no way to know. But what we've heard from scrimmages so far throughout spring, and just when they did a lot of team work and practices, Robbie was the most inconsistent when it came to passing the football. And so, once again, what we saw yesterday, and Robbie looked significantly better than everyone else. But I do think we need to look at the full picture and all of this because that's what spring is. You know, A Day, we want to overhype A Day. Good or bad, and overreact to all of it. And that's totally fine, but I just think it's important to to kind of think, okay, well, if the weather was clean, and Hugh Freeze said they wanted to come out and air it out, and they weren't going to be able to, um, what would that have looked like? And that probably just a gut, just a gut reaction, Daryl. I think that would have helped TJ.
0: Yeah, I think I want to clarify the weather comment. It, not so much as an excuse, as to understand that it limited. Mm-hmm. What you could call, what you could run, and what packages you put packages you put in. Like if Auburn struggled like that on a dry, sunny day, I'd have concern. I think most of the time you're going to play in weather that's not that crappy. so you, you you really they really pared down their play calling and what their route running was and their and their passing game. That's the concern that i that's the point that I'm making is we didn't get to see, I think, what the offense is capable of doing, or the passing game, because they could not even go to it because of the weather. So would they run those plays if they were playing Arkansas in the rain? Sure, they would have a bigger playbook and a bigger tool bag. Mm -hmm. I think in this, you don't want to make too much judgment off of it because they weren't able to run certain things that they particularly stayed away from because of the weather. But I agree with your point. I mean, if it's, it's going to be nasty, you better be able to throw it in some rainy conditions as well, we we'll just we just won't know until that happens because of the playbook being pared down uh, because of the weather. I think too, your point about if if it was better and we saw you know T.J. Finley throw it ten times, Gurner throw it ten times, would we see a little bit different um, quarterback dynamic? Possibly. Yeah. I just think that the the running the running talent of Robbie Ashford is so elite. Totally. When a play breaks down. And in an RPO, TJ Finley and Holden Garner are not. Now, although her, Holden Garner, his credit kept it on an RPO he few, and walked yeah. it for a two-point conversion. Mm-hmm. Then ended up being big to make it 24-21. He got a first down as well, the drive yeah. prior to that. He got so. to the right side. To the right mm-hmm. side seemed to be a big, big area that Auburn got a lot of big gains. Austin yeah. Battee, the quarterbacks. It's just interesting. A lot of big chunk plays went to the right side
1: all right i want to go through just some bullet point takeaways but first let's talk about hugh freeze and some of the comments that he made and Mm -hmm. you've got a few about the quarterbacks before we get into that uh this is one of the quotes that he said in post game i thought Holden garner threw some good balls he missed a couple of reads on some rpos i think tj did too but it's kind of been that way all spring some really positives one day and some inconsistencies the next day. We've got time to help them improve,
0: hopefully. They're not RPO quarterback. I mean, I, I would expect them to miss reads on the RPOs because that's not a system. I think either one of them are comfortable playing. When T.J. Finley came from LSU, he played in a pro style. When Holden Gurner played high school, he played in a pro style. So I don't know what Robbie did at Hoover. I don't know what Robbie did at Oregon. I think Oregon's more RPO than Auburn is, but he just looks more comfortable. So I expected that. I kind of felt like there was going to be some some but misreads. The, but the but the decision making should certainly be a part of it.
1: Like well, I TJ I don't think...
0: threw into yeah, he threw into triple coverage at one point. That was a poor decision. Yeah,
1: got I bailed don't... out by a DPI that was not pass interference. Right.
0: Now, yeah. Gurner didn't look like he made – he may have misread some open receivers, and he did throw one behind Martiner. He made the right read. He just threw it three yards behind Nick Martiner across the middle. But I couldn't tell. It's hard with the naked eye to tell what he misread, like what receiver or maybe route option he was supposed to go to that he missed. It's hard to figure that out. I will say this, is that Sean Jackson was mostly Gurner's tailback. Mm-hmm. And if he was misreading the RPO handoff, he misread it twelve times for seventy-seven yards. Because Sean Jackson, you know, led the led the team in rushing. And again, when yeah. you talked about putting his shoulder down, he he gets those extra yards. That yeah, looks he falls like forward tackled, every time. Falls mm-hmm. forward. Yeah,
1: that's right. Another thing that Hugh said um, when I was watching the SEC Network Plus crew talking to to Hugh before the game, uh, he was asked about <laughs> he was asked about execution. Today, going into the game, Coach, what do you think about it? And he said, "Hopefully, it won't be terrible."
0: I don't know. I can't remember, or I would have nothing to draw from about some of his early comments when he first came to Ole Miss or first first came to Liberty. I don't know yeah. if that's a if that's if this is a calculated, uh, thought out process to kind of underplay what he's got or to, you know, just kind of play that game a little bit of, of downplaying stuff. I don't know. I think the Again, expectations are higher here than an old Master Liberty. I asked him about, yeah, I do. I, I, I asked him about the offensive line play because from the naked eye and from just somebody, you know, that, that that's not a, a football coach. Uh, I watched it and was very impressed with it. And his comment in the press conference to me was, yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic. So it's, you know, he about the not, offensive line. About the offensive line. He's not mm-hmm. gonna go hypo, hyperbole on anything or go over the top. There were a few people we'll talk about in a minute that he specifically mentioned by name that mm-hmm. his freaking eyes lit up when he talked about. And it was very obvious that he could not hide his excitement. But you know, he just was not he didn't down the offensive line. He just said he was cautiously optimistic. And I it, you know, word in the press box yesterday was. This offensive line looks different and looks better. So he was trying he to kind of keep that. Yeah, he was trying to keep that under wraps. So I don't know with his execution comment. Um, you know, if he's just trying to play it close to the vest and uh or wait for something else that may be coming down the pike.
1: Yeah, right. Do you have any any comments that he made that you want to touch on before we kind of go through some of I the I do. Game? I do.
0: Um okay. the first one was he was very honest when we're talking about the running game and how he felt like the running game was very, very good, but that the, the the defensive line and stopping the running game was not. He was very concerned about that. Yeah, optimistic about the running game, but concerned about the defensive line not being able to stop the run. Mm-hmm. He mentioned Damari Austin by name, and this was so interesting to me and telling. He said, I got it wrong because. I may have done him a disservice and undersold him somewhat before I got here, not knowing what kind of running back he is. And he has had one of the best springs so far. He mentioned him by name Mm -hmm. and made a point to single out that he undersold the kid before he came on campus. You know why I think he said
1: that? You know why I think he said that? Why? Because I think Cobb's coming in and he doesn't want Damari to transfer. That's a good point. I I don't know. Now what he said could be true. I'm not saying that he doesn't think Damari's good. I just think he's also saying, like, "Hey,
0: like you have a role on this team." The running back room, just the—I mean, Stats. you know—again, Sean Jackson is one of those guys. Who may just be a situational back, but we talked about how Cobb's going to have to fight for. I mean, I, he's special. I don't know I how he it. plays right now, but with those three looking the way they looked uh, and 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 even Jackson as well. I said three; those four, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see yeah. how he gets on the field. I don't think Jackson has a like relevant role in
1: the offense. I don't. I think, think. he should. I think he should. That's I mean, fine. Again, I'm with you. I I, I'm talking should, about. You. I think. I, I mean, think he just should have short down. Too.
0: Just short down. I'm not talking about like every day back, every day carries. But I think inside the five, when Auburn struggled to score or get push, he's a good back on third and one. You know, to or inside the. Goal I'm with line. you. I just
1: don't think it's going to happen.
0: Yeah. Well, and, I think. That, I, I think. I think getting other guys on the field is more important could be, and it makes sense, especially a Cobb Mm -hmm. who's coming there. The other comment that he made that I found very interesting was he singled out Lou, Falk, Mm -hmm. and Lee and said these are three dynamic freshmen that have contributed right out of the gate. They're great human beings, and we're lucky to have three guys like that they are going to make an impact as freshmen. Three freshmen,
1: three guys that will quasi-start, I don't know if any Lou, of them are actually in line to start. And then Lou started.
0: Lou started with uh, next to Avery Jones. He did uh, when start, started at guard.
1: Yeah. yeah, started at guard. So, which I guess Tate Tate Johnson didn't play, did he? If he did, no. I didn't notice him. Yeah, I couldn't so. tell
0: again. I, yeah, I, I I was trying to figure out, and it's hard when yeah. you're talking about linemen that don't get announced and stuff.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. But uh, yeah, the offensive starters were interesting because there was no because he Connor Lou was at guard. And your receivers were Coymore, Moore, Rivaldo Fairweather, uh, Javarius Johnson, and Nick Martiner. Yeah, and you're like, oh, oh, okay. Camden Brown's not
0: playing. Yeah, and then exactly. Camden Brown came out with the twos. Yeah, that that surprised me. Well, he was he's been limited with that ankle injury uh, all spring, so I think that he didn't get the amount of reps maybe to to you know get out there with the ones. I don't know.
1: I thought that was telling. That was very yeah. very interesting. That was very interesting. Um, defensive starters, the only one that really stood out to me was Rodgers and Jones at the same time. And I think just whatever set they choose to do, like I don't know, there's going to be like six defensive linemen that are like kind of starters. So, but they opened the game with Rodgers and Jones both in at the same time. So that's pretty fun. The linebackers that they started with were Austin Keys and Wesley Steiner. Take like that for what it's worth. Keys made the first two tackles of the game, which is pretty fun. And then Caleb Wooden being the um, starting
0: starting star slash nickel.
1: Um, I thought that was interesting.
0: Made a play where he knocked a, a ball down uh, on a route from Gurner. Uh, Marquise Gilbert its uh, safety made a real nice play where he blew up, I believe, Batee in the backfield. He looked very aggressive. It was just hard to get a read on any kind of. I don't know defensive standouts. It really mm-hmm. was, and uh, I get it. And again, it's because when you're running the ball, running the ball, running the ball like that, it's just in shuffling bodies. In it, it's pretty, it's pretty different.
1: Yep. And then your your starting safeties were Jalen Simpson and Zion Puckett. No Donovan Kaufman. Take that for yeah. Words. That was that was telling That was surprising to me as well. We haven't heard a lot about him this spring, no. so we'll see what happens there. Uh, all right, I'm just gonna go through some of my my bullet points, and then you can just. Okay.
0: Yeah, because I want to go back to one, freeze comment that I left out. Oh, that I think go ahead the and do most, that. Go ahead and do this that. This was the most uh, eye-opening of all. Reporter asked Hugh Freeze yesterday uh, about the quarterback play, and then he followed it up and said, "Okay, in this in this era of transfer portal, I have to ask the question: Is it possible that Auburn's starting quarterback is not on campus?" And Hugh Freeze did not shy away from the question. Said, "We like the guys we have. We feel like mm-hmm. we win with them." But if we find somebody that gives us a better chance to win and is a dynamic, experienced starter that has played the position before, we will get him and we will use him. And if he helps us win, he will start. And if guys get upset about that, then you don't want them. They're not winners anyways. how he said it. I love that answer. I love he that was, He's like, you know, then that's not the kind of attitude you want if people get upset about it and want to transfer. I mean, he made it very clear that they will be looking for a quarterback to add to the room if it's somebody that he's, he mentioned a couple of adjectives that we're telling, dynamic, yeah. guy that started already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there may be a few of those out there. We'll see. Yeah. Messiah
1: Nasili kite the defensive lineman, played a bunch of different mm-hmm. spots. Him wearing number 33 is really trippy for me. It's just not – 33 should not be on the defensive line. That's going to take some <laughs> getting used to. Exactly. I made a note, is Damari ahead of Question mark, And he might be.
0: Mm. They look very similar as far as production. Uh, batty ran the ball early so much better, uh, picking his holes, bouncing outside. But then Alston made two runs late in the first half that – Really were the reason why Auburn went in and scored. I mean, he. Which, he, which back, Daryl? Do you think is more similar
1: to Hunter? Austin. Austin? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of wondering if Damari is Jarquez's backup, and then Batty just does stuff that he's asked to do. I, I kind of that's kind of what I'm feeling right
0: now, but I don't know if that fully makes sense. I mean, I honest with you. No, I see what you're saying. I wonder. You know, and it would be nice. He seems like a perfect back to catch the ball out of the backfield on screen passes and that kind of thing. He's so shifty and quick and jitterbug type back and finds the holes that you're like, oh, that ain't opening up, and then boom, it does. So I, I, he's got a role. I liked him a lot. I was very impressed with the way he ran the football today.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, let's see. I've got a note about Kay and Lee having a great play on Mardner. I think I was on a third down play on an outbreaking route. He jumped it. He almost picked it. And then he also got in Landon King's face, which we kind of asked like, okay, his size is kind of his weakness. Yeah. And then Landon King's like a foot taller than him. And he didn't, he didn't care. So that was great. Really. The only negative I saw from Kayan was on probably the best offensive play of the game. When Robbie threw it to Tavares Dawson on a beautiful seam and it was placed right in between. And I don't know enough about the defensive playbook to know who like whose fault this is, but it was placed right in between Kay and Lee's zone and Craig, safety Craig McDonald's zone. And McDonald ended up making the tackle, but um, I, I'd like to know like whose assignment that that was. But Kay and Lee was kind
0: of trailing him at the end of that. And it was a great throw by Robbie. It was. It was a little out-and-up seam route. And Robbie threw it and released it exactly when he had to, right Beautiful. when Dawson was coming out of his break. I saw... Dawson get some separation. I saw the ball in the air and it couldn't be placed any better than it was. It was a great throw. It really was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a note about Wilkie Denard Looks solid to me as a true freshman. It surprised me. I mean, I did. I, I that's just not a name. I thought it, it was a name that was going to fall down the depth chart. Um, again, hey, I don't. I, I to me and, and maybe watching it on TV was a little. But I didn't see Emba do anything. He seemed a little bit. I, I don't. Towards remember. the end of the broadcast,
1: they zoomed in on Emba and talked about how he's like the former number one JUCO player and all that. Um, but I, I didn't see a whole lot of him either. I didn't really notice him either. They didn't do that like special on him. Um, do you notice who crashed in really hard on Robbie's big like? I don't think he's the one he scored on, but his big run. Where it was a read? Did not. Uh, it was it was Cam Riley. Just totally ate that. Just totally ate that give, so that was that was a bummer. Um, do you get the vibe? There's like four people in front of camera Riley really now. Do you get that vibe? Or is that I, just- I do, I do. And
0: I'm, I, I was, I'm, I mean, you you kind of been saying that coming out of spring practice with your little windows, and I, yeah. I was, I was shocked and disappointed. I literally thought you would pencil him in as a starter, and he was a, you know, he was a absolutely a slam dunk, and it's not. I mean, there's guys ahead of him in the rotation. It looked like mm-hmm. Levant played more snaps than him. To be honest with you,
1: I think Levant gets more rotation snaps at the one than yeah,
0: Cam does. Mm. does. he transfer if he if he comes out of uh, now that spring's over is the fourth Why option would, like, a linebacker uh, he, he should yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah Um, we talked about this
1: briefly, but there was a pass interference on Jalen Simpson that uh, T.J. Finley threw it into triple coverage. And uh, yeah, he was targeting Jay Fair, and he got bailed out by a DPI. That was not that would not be called in a normal game.
0: Would not. And there was another situation where Auburn had an opportunity to extend a drive, and it was the weirdest thing. They could had a first down, and they declined the penalty. And I think that was just because of time constraints early on, and to get the other offensive creeping oh, on the field. Yeah, for the very first drive, um, there was a or maybe it was TJ's drive. I can't remember, but it was a first. There was a first down, a penalty. It would have given Auburn a first down and they declined it. So I I know it was just kind of strange. Then my last thing is great play by Landon King,
1: little catch and run from from Holden Gurner, kind of late in the game. So those were those were kind of my
0: bullet point takeaways. Very small sample size to see, you know, spring games are just a little bit of an appetizer to whet your appetite anyway. This was even, you know, pared down more because of weather and because of availability and that kind of thing so i i think that the the framework and some of what i saw as far as offensive philosophy mm-hmm. i'm very excited about i mean i just am i think i saw receivers getting open i like the rpo now when you get bodies to plug in to play that to the system i fully trust this staff that they're going to run out the best 22 feelings aren't going to matter and i'm excited about Structure. I'm excited about what I saw was a blueprint, although we just saw a little taste. I saw some things early on that I didn't see in spring games in a while from an offensive standpoint.
1: Is there a glaring concern
0: from what you saw on Saturday? Uh I wanted not overreact on the defensive line, giving up so many chunks of yardage from the run game so i'll wait to hold judgment on that that could be a concern I, but yeah. I, go ahead Go ahead.
1: well go ahead. I, i'm not super concerned about that because i think a lot of like what ron roberts does defensively like he, he didn't do any of it like he didn't do any kind of of that like stuff yesterday like we saw guys play different positions but like it really wasn't that creative and i think a big part of what he does defensively is he makes the opposing offensive linemen like think and make decisions. And like, I don't think there was a whole lot of threat of like, is there going to be an extra guy coming through a gap
0: yesterday? And so I, I just yeah. think
1: over the course of that, you'd, you'd force more negative plays.
0: And that's where I got to change my mindset because I think of an extra guy coming in a gap or making offensive linemen think in the passing game. But you mm-hmm. can still utilize that in the run game too because a guy goes through a gap that's unblocked and he blows up a play in the backfield like Gilbert did or something mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, I always equate, you know, blitzing and all these different packages and making offensive linemen think in different looks with a quarterback dropping back to pass, but you could utilize that in the run game too. Yeah. And the only other thing I would say, you know, I kind of knocked Heather Denich a little bit on, on uh, a previous podcast we did for her comments about the receivers. And there's been a recurring theme about the receivers having to catch up, catch up. Again, yeah. I—it's a small sample size because they threw it six times. But I don't know. They, look lost. Couple, they, they, they looked, looked lost. They—they looked really lost out there. I Had their all over it. Yeah, I saw a couple of balls go through people's hands and all. So I—I yeah. I don't know. I—I want to see that uh, before fall get cleaned up as well.
1: But even like watching Camden run routes, and I mean, I just didn't really ever seem like they, anybody ever expected the ball. Like I, I did not it just didn't yeah, look that. right.
0: It just didn't look right, Daryl. They may have known, though. Who knows? I mean, they may have known that the ball was not going to be thrown but seven times, so they kind of went through the motions. But they need to get that cleaned then up. And that's not good. And you not don't need good. to be playing for offense And, and guess what? They'll find somebody that doesn't go yeah. through the motions and put them on You're the right. field. And that's what I like about this coaching staff.
1: You're right. Daryl, any uh, any final thoughts?
0: Well, I will just say the way Hugh Freeze handled uh, everything in the post-game press conf- conference was really refreshing. Mm. Um, he was very, very open and honest, mm-hmm. good and bad, good mm-hmm. and bad. And it and it led an immediate reaction from T.J. Finley to comment and say he doesn't know whether or not if he brings another quarterback into the portal if he'll be at Auburn. He, he doesn't know. He's going to have to talk it over with his family. He doesn't know if he'll be here because of – comments that, as he said, Hugh Freeze has made more than once about going to find a quarterback. I thought that was very telling. And I think if you're willing to do that and you're willing to put your put it out there and not worry about hurting feelings, I just I have to go back to what we've said for a long time, is that the starting quarterback, I'd be totally satisfied right now from what I saw in the RPO and if Robbie's growth and maturation level can improve over the summer, I would be happy and fine with Robbie running this team. I just have a feeling this coaching staff feels like they want more.
1: Uh, I certainly get that feeling too. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Daryl, thank
0: you so much for,
1: uh, for hopping on and doing it. It's fun this. to do it again.
0: It's been a while since we've done it. The Iron Bowl was the last time we did a little reaction show for football. So this was great to be uh, back in the saddle again, per se. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, be sure to give Daryl some love. That's his Twitter
1: handle down there, Dap. Sixty-four ten. You can find me on socials at Z Blackerby and all of my written work at auburndaily.com. We will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn.
0: The NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked on college basketball will give you the edge you
1: need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait.